We are in Ephesians chapter 3. We are finishing up uh, chapter 3, verses uh, 14 through 21 this morning. And if you're new in our service, uh, we go through a book of the Bible at a time, verse by verse. And uh, so we've been in the book of Ephesians for, oh, maybe about three months now or so. But uh, so much rich doctrine that applies to a believer's heart that uh, is very important. Paul, Paul, when he writes uh, letters in the New Testament, typically he'll focus on doctrine first, and then, then the last half of the letter is practical application. Well, we'll get into that next week, but uh, you need to to know these things. Paul had a burden. We're going to see his burden for the church of Ephesus here in this text this morning, that uh, the church, the Christians, know what God has done in their life before they were ever even born. And so this morning, we are going to be focusing on the love of Christ. And uh, I hope that uh, it, this encourages your heart. But uh, if you have your Bibles, let's begin with um, verse 14 this morning of Ephesians chapter 3. Paul says, For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at the work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Paul has a burden for this church. In the first part of chapter 3, he's, he's talked about uh, the mystery of Christ and how, he's, how God has brought Jew and Gentile together. And uh, Christ gave Paul this message. And because Paul has had this message, it has been um, a very controversial message. And in fact, Paul is in prison because of the grace of Christ in his life in taking the gospel to the Gentiles. And Christ has reconciled Jew and Gentile and has created one new body, the body of Christ, the New Testament church. And so... Uh, Paul wants Ephesus to know now, you know, when you first read the letter of Ephesians in chapter 1, it says nothing about the fact that he's a prisoner. It's only in chapter 3 that he says, 
that uh, he's a prisoner of Christ. And for this specific purpose. So he's been into that, but now he says in verse 14, for this reason I bow my knees before the Father. Of all the things that Paul has has, has mentioned to uh, Ephesians in, in this letter, um, Paul wants them to know, know two things with, with their heart and their mind. And so that's what we're going to look at this morning. What are the two things that they know in their heart? Verses 14 through 17. Uh, look at verse 16. That according to the riches of his glory, that he may grant to you... Uh, grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you be rooted and grounded in love. Paul wants the church, Ephesus, to be strengthened through the power of of the spirit in their heart. Paul wants them to know all that God has done in their life. And we, we look at this carefully in chapter 1. And, and our salvation and how we were saved. Paul tells us that uh, we were chosen before the foundation of the world. Before we were born, before God had created anything... God had chosen us to be children of God. And when we look at our salvation, we look at the fact that um, we we were planned by the Father. We were, our salvation was accomplished by the Son. And our salvation is being applied daily through the power of the Spirit. When it comes to our salvation, church, when it comes to your salvation, Christian, it is Trinitarian in nature, according to chapter 1. It has taken all of the Godhead to hold you and call you a child of God. Paul knows this. He's conveying it to the church at Ephesus. And he has a a burden that our heart would be strengthened. That no matter what circumstances you're going through, that you know this. That you belong to him. Do you know that? Because not only was for Ephesus, Ephesus... it's for us this morning. Paul wants us to know. Paul has been, is bending the knee. He's, he's on his knees praying that in our heart, our inner being would be strengthened by knowing this truth that all of the Godhead holds us. And then in verse 17b, uh, the last part of 17, he says that you being rooted and grounded in love. 
rooted and grounded in love. When it comes to our faith, that's the root. Our faith and what Christ has done needs to grow deep, that we believe the truths of God's word. That's the root. And then when it comes to the grounding part, that's, that's the building. That's, that's being built upon the foundation that God has created, that God has laid through Christ in our lives. We need to know that we are rooted and grounded in love. Do you know that? Do you know how much you are loved? I hope so. Paul wants us to know this in our hearts. You know, we live in a culture that that's not the mindset of the culture. That's not the mindset of the lost. Those without Christ are living. There is, a, there is an endless obsession with the self. But for the Christian, Paul prays that we be rooted and grounded in the love of Christ. This is critical for you and I to understand. A lot of people struggle with this. And because they don't know what the word says, storms will come up in their life. And they begin to question God's love in their life. They question God's sovereignty and what in the world is going on. You know, just because you're a Christian doesn't mean storms are going to go away. Just like Stephen testified, it can get worse. But if you know what the word of God says and you're rooted and grounded in the love of Christ, you know what? You can withstand any kind of storm that comes your way. Jesus spoke of this in Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 through 27. Comparing the house that's built on the sand, you know, you're building your, your house, your life on, on yourself, your own desires, versus the house that is built upon the truth of God's word. Storms are going to come to both of those structures. But one will be destroyed and one will prevail. One will survive. My question to you this morning is, what foundation are you building your life upon right now? Christian, you need to be in the word. What, what does God say? about you what has god done in your life paul has this burden and this is what he's praying we if your life is in christ you are not alone i don't know what's been going on in your life this week or lately and if you've been questioning his love. And yet you have a personal relationship with Christ. You know you gave your life to Christ. 
Go back and read Ephesians chapter 1. And all the blessings that God has poured out in you before you were ever even introduced into this world. God loves you. God is obsessed with you. You are his, and he is there for you. Uh, I'm sure you've been watching the news as, long as, as well as I have of, the, of what's happened in Turkey. And uh, the devastation, the death, um, um, the heartache. People, you know, even still today, over a week now before, since that earthquake, and they have nowhere to go. They're living on the street. They have nothing. What's going through their mind? Most of them are Muslim. They don't have the hope that those who are in Christ have. Those who are in Christ, they've lost everything. But let's pray that for those Christians, they know in their hearts that God continues to hold on to them. And God is going to provide. Ridgecrest dodged a bullet four years ago. We had a 7.1 earthquake. It could have gotten a lot worse here in our community. And yet God spared us. But you know what? God loves them, the Turkish people just as much as he loves us. I don't understand why we didn't have the kind of devastation that they've had. We have different building codes, I know. But it still could have been a whole lot worse. God's in control. God is sovereign over both scenarios. And whatever happens in our life, church, hasn't, or in your life, hasn't caught God by surprise. And if you're grounded, if you're rooted in love, in his love, you know the truth. You'll survive the storm. And storms are coming. You're either headed in one or you're in the middle of the one, or you're coming out of one, but guess what? There's another storm coming. But God wants to use all of it in our lives. Paul is burdened that we know this truth. And then look at verse 17 again. Verse 17 says, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. When you see that word dwell there, it means to feel at home in. Paul is praying that Christ may dwell, that Christ may feel at home in your life. You know, when you think of your life, Christ wants to dwell in every part of our home. 
speaking of the hearts, okay? He wants to dwell in our living room, our kitchen, our bedroom, our closet, our tool drawers, (laughs) those miscellaneous drawers, our garage. Christ wants to dwell in every part of our house. And that means that when Christ is in every part of our life, our house, Christ is Lord. And if we're hiding something in a part of our house, then we don't have that peace that he wants to provide in, with his presence in our life. And in order to have that peace, you know what? We need to confess. We need to get vulnerable and repent of our sin. And Paul is praying that uh, the, the church of Ephesus, that Christ would feel home in their heart. And so that their heart would be strengthened. But not only is he praying for their heart, but he's praying for their mind. That they would comprehend these things. Verse 18, Paul says, that you be strength you would have the strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of Christ let's talk about the mind for the second Not only know this in our heart, but we comprehend it with our mind. And the first thing you need to understand about this comprehension is that this understanding takes place within the context of the church. Look at verse 18 again. That you may have strength to comprehend with all the saints. Christian you need to be studying this text and knowing this text with other believers. This is, this is the responsibility of the church that we study the word of God together. And you know what? If you are isolating yourself from the church, if you're just trying to go it, go it alone, be a lone range Christian, that's not going to work for you. Christ intends for his children to be together. If we're going to comprehend the love of Christ, know in our heart and our mind, it takes place within the context of the church family. If you've isolated yourself, you've removed yourself from the church on a regular basis, we're not consumed by this truth. We're not rooted and grounded in his love. We don't understand how much God loves us. We're just trying to grunt through this life on our own, figure out on our own. Jesus never intended for you and I to live our life in isolation from each other. We need the church family. And so 
Paul says that you may be rooted and grounded in love, that you may have strength to comprehend with all the saints, all the saints, comprehend what? The incomprehensible love of Christ. You know, this is a bit confusing here. Paul says, Paul, I want you to know these things. Understand it with your mind, but understand you're not ever going to come to the end of it. Okay? It's, it's, the love of Christ is immeasurable. It's, it's beyond our ability to comprehend. And first he says, what is the width of his love? What is the width of his love? The width of his love and has incorporated both Jews and Gentiles. God loves everybody. God sent his Christ, his son, to die for the sins of the world. This is how much God loves. It involves everyone, but get, understand this. It is not a universal salvation okay bible says that to come to christ is to go through a narrow door and we talked about that uh, two weeks ago that you must believe the gospel that christ died for your sin that you are a sinner that you stand in need of christ's forgiveness and you surrender you repent and you turn and you live your life for him you must go through every one of god's children first has to go through that narrow door of christ and as you go through that narrow door oh there's a whole new life that opens up of jew and Gentile, whom God loves through the gospel of Christ. And so that's his width. And then that we might comprehend not only his width, but his length. How far has God loved us? Oh, we learned of that beginning in chapter 1. He called us his own, before we were ever even born. And he sent his son who provided this salvation for dying in our place. And he apply, has applied this to salvation through sealing us with the Holy Spirit. But the length of God's love is going to reach all the way into eternity. Okay? It has begun with God and it is going to continue... It is going to continue far infinitely beyond our earthly death. And we are going to be with him and in his love forevermore. That we could comprehend, comprehend the width of his love, the length of his love, the height of his love. You know, Jesus was sitting on heaven's throne. The Bible says in Philippians chapter chapter 2, and he left heaven's glory and clothed himself with flesh and became a man and lived the life that you and I lived, 
but lived it sinlessly. That's how far God came to be one of us, to be with us. There's no other religion in the world like that. Any other religion, you're working your way to him. And you're never, ever going to be good enough to be with him in the flesh. It's not by works, only by faith in Christ that we have a relationship with. But this God, this creator God, left heaven's throne and clothed himself in, in flesh in the Son of Man and the Son of God and the person of Jesus Christ and lived among us that sinless life to become the Lamb of God who was slain before the foundation of the earth. This is his height. And then that we might know the depth of his love. And Paul has described that as well. How much did God love us? He loved us so much that when we were dead, when we were at the bottom of the sea, there was no way for us to... A dead person came and cried for help. They were dead. Christ reached down and picked us up and saved us and breathed life into us. This is the depth of his love. And we never get to the end of it. And so we need to constantly grow in the awareness of that love. And oftentimes he does this through hardship, through grief, through sufferings, through persecutions. There was... um, in World War II, uh, Chuck Colson shares this, this story about a, a prisoner that was chained in, in this dungeon that uh, was never rescued. He died there in, in imprisonment. But he had um, inscribed on the wall uh, during that imprisonment. He drew a cross. And on that cross... On the left-hand side of that cross was the word with. On the right-hand side of that cross was the word length. And above that cross was the word height. And beneath that cross was the word depth. And there that prison prisoner was, who would die in that prison, was consumed by the love of God in his heart that was immeasurable, incomprehensible. Church, that's what God wants you and I to know. And understand, once again, Paul is in prison. He's in chains. But he is free on the inside. And he is consumed by the love of Christ that Christ has, has for him, that what all that Christ has done for him. God's love, Christ's love is comprehensive. 
And it covers whatever journey, whatever circumstance you and I find ourselves in. And then in verse 19, Paul says this, that you might know the breadth, length, height, and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. How how do you know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge? Through experience. Through experiencing these things. It's, it's not to be analyzed. It's to be realized. To know the love and an extent and its endlessness. To know that we are never going to come to the end of it. We will always, always survey the wondrous cross. And that our richest gains can only be found in Christ. Have you ever been overwhelmed by the love of Christ in your life? There's another story, World War II story. And there were these prisoners that uh, were in this very dangerous, hard labor camp. And each day they were assigned a shovel. And they were to go out and they were to use that shovel to dig ditches or or do whatever. And at the end of the day, those prisoners were to return that shovel. And if you didn't return the shovel, there were serious consequences. Well, one day the prisoner guard counted the shovel. There were 20 prisoners, and the prison guard only counted 19. And so he looked at these men in the face and said, uh, if, if, if the person who didn't return their uh, shovel, if they don't admit to what they've done, immediately I'm going to kill five, five people in this line. And you can imagine the tension in the silence of the moment. And then all of a sudden there was one young prisoner 19 years old, stepped forward, head bowed, admitting that he would take responsibility. And that prison guard took this young man by, by, by the arm, took him off to the side, and shot him dead. And then he looked at the rest of the prisoners and says, if you choose to do the same thing, the same thing is going to be happen to you. You better think very carefully. That, that prison guard, that, that guard left. And then the men collected themselves and they counted the shovels again. Guess what? There were 20 shovels. The prison guard miscounted. And then all the men realized that this young man stepped forward, knowing what the potential consequences was, but he was 
willing to take the hit so that the five could continue to live. This man gave up his future so that five could live. I want you to know, Christian, Christ has done a whole lot more than that. Can you imagine what raced through these men's lives, hearts, and minds, knowing the sacrifice that one of their fellow 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 prisoners uh, made on their behalf? And they were overwhelmed that he would be willing to make that kind of sacrifice. That's experiencing the love of a person. Church, we need to experience this, this, this knowledge that surpasses our mind of all that Christ has done for us. Paul has experienced this. Paul is on his knees praying for the church, praying for us that our inner man would be strengthened in our hearts and in our man, that we would know Christ's love for us. And this is our memory verse for the month of, uh, of February. We didn't uh, talk about this last week. I'm going to go a little bit easier on you this week. But it's Romans chapter 5, verse 8. Romans 5, 8 says, But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners... Christ died for us. Let's all say that together, shall we? One, two, three. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. 5A. Church, let's memorize this verse. Let's know this. Let's, let's know the width and the length. And the height and the depth. It's immeasurable, but how how it will help you as you go through difficult times that God is there for you. How can we get to this place? Paul says in verse 19 that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. You know what? He needs to take over. He needs to be in every aspect of our home. And if there are areas of our life that we're trying to hide, you can't, you can't hide anything from God. And even in the hiding, Christ still loves you. And he wants you, he wants to set you free. Be honest. Confess and repent. And the peace of God will dwell in you. And then in verse 20 and 21, Paul just breaks out into a doxology of praise. He says in verse 20, Now to him 
who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Paul is an amazing individual. And in spite of all that Paul has gone through for the Gentiles, for the Jews, for the church, that they might be united as one, Paul is full of praise of all that God has done in his life. Church, may we be the same. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what you're going to face this week. But God has sovereignly ordained it. And he wants you to trust whatever you are facing. His love for you is incomprehensible. But he's there. Let's pray. Father, I thank you. Thank you for your love. And for many of us, no, all of us in this room, or we take it for granted. But Jesus, we, we know that you gave up everything. That God, you gave us your one and only Son. That whosoever believe would not perish, but have everlasting life. Thank you, God, for your amazing grace that none of us deserved. God, may it make us humble. Make it, may it keep us humble. And may it fill us up with the fullness of of you Lord as we as we interact with a culture and a world that doesn't know you Lord it's it's easy to criticize and and get discouraged and defeated but God just as you loved us while we were still sinners God you loved them too us to be true to who you are to share with them that Jesus you can change their life if they'll just choose to believe confess and repent Lord there will be a whole new world open up to them as well of the love of Christ. If there's one here today who's never made that decision, Lord, these testimonies at the beginning of the service touch their heart. And in their heart, they're saying, God, I need for you to do that in my life. It starts with Jesus. Lord, may today be the day of their salvation, that they would experience this love 
that you have for them. Thank you, Father, for this time of invitation. Use it in each of our lives as we worship you and say thank you for who you are and all that you've done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Would you-